since he's had so much success with the Black Panther now, right? Maybe Chadwick Boseman can replace Ben Affleck and just be Batman. He's already played all the black people, so now maybe he needs to start playing white people too. Show his full range. Because actually, when you've played every black person, if you really want to show your range, you have to. You have to play some white people now. So exactly. Can, so like I've played James Brown, Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Marshall, and, and now T'Challa. So now Chadwick Boseman is White Batman. Because I think we might have to change the name and call it White Batman. Ooh, ooh, I like that. Or, or Blanco Man. Blanco Man. Blanco Man. Chadwick Boseman is Blanco, Blanco Man. Man. The Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast. Every, every black, black film ever made. Catch us every week on Podglomerate. Sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation. I didn't take a full breath. <laughs> uh, thank you. See, your hair is all a tassel. You're not right. It's true. It's true. I'm hungover AF. So thank you so much for joining us at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, 4456 Main Street. Soon to be down the block from that. <laughs> I don't have. I don't know the new address. I'm getting a bigger joint, is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I'm Johnny Destructo. Yo, what's up? Highlight your boy. This is the Bat Tribble. And with us this week is Kira Schwartz. Hey, Kira Schwartz, comic enthusiast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it would say on the. Yeah, there's a scroll. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, on the scroll. Um, and you're so, listening to Gotta Talk. Gotta Talk. We got an email from <laughs> Gerard Visco. He says, hi, guys. Thanks for the shout out a few episodes ago. I feel so honored. Also, I'm usually a few weeks behind on podcasts, but having finally caught up with Gutter Talk, I like your thoughts on a debate two of my friends had. I had a college friend who works in art history who said that comic books can't classify as art because she felt that their visual aesthetic and artwork aren't as high quality as what you might see in a museum. Another friend quickly countered this by pointing to the artwork of Sandman. In a similar discussion, I had a friend, I use that term loosely, you should use it for all of your friends, judging on this email, say that comic books and graphic novels can't qualify as true literature because he felt they weren't thought-provoking or intellectual enough. I countered this by pointing to Mouse, Watchmen, and Persephilis. So, I have two questions for you, my gutter talk minions. One, I know my... First friend was wrong, but as someone who doesn't work in the field, can you clarify for me why she's wrong? And two, what books would you point to as counterpoints to the idea that comic books can't be art and or literature? And I have a bonus question, but I'll save that for after you've asked answered the first two. 
All right. I am shocked, nay, dismayed at this this bullshit coming from this art history teacher. As an art history teacher... Obviously, we're cursing on this episode. Oh, right. <laughs> what a muggle, you, you. muggle fugger. Um, so, yeah. So it's an art history teacher who's saying that comic books don't count as art because you wouldn't see them in a museum. Or they're not the same... Don't carry the same visual aesthetic. As a museum. And yet, she has probably taught her students about painters like Mark Rothko, mm. who I've brought up here on the, on the, on the website. Uh-huh. It's just fields of color. Yes. Or um, who's the guy that you said, Kira? Oh, just Jackson Pollock. Jackson right? Pollock, who just jism dribbles paint all over a canvas, and then that's art. Uh, there's, I was in the art museum in Philly. Uh, <laughs> we were in the art museum in Philly, and uh, there was just a five by five canvas painted bright orange. No, yeah, I've been to like the MoMA before, and it's a literal like twelve by twelve foot canvas with just a dot in the middle of it. Fudge you in the buckets. That's art, though, right? But, yeah, but comic books can't be art. Okay. Even though Andy Warhol has made a, a living off of blowing up, art, literally, mm-hmm. comic book panels mm-hmm. and calling that art. Mm-hmm. Mark, oh, God. What, God. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm flabbergasted. Um, Lichtenstein. Mm. Lichtenstein, Roy Lichtenstein's entire motif for a period was just blown up, comic recreated book. images from comic books. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, you never, you never, you you've seen it. Maybe you just didn't know it was Lichtenstein. Trust me, you've seen it. You've seen a Lichtenstein for yeah. sure. Um, I have one in my house. It, you know, it's a poster of one. That's but, your wife. Um, she's a work of art. Oh, oh that's nice. Oh um, yeah. Okay. I, I I just looked it up real quick. Yeah, yeah you for that's, sure. That's seen all him. like you know. Anyway. Pop. It's like all one book. I am. <laughs> I'm extremely disappointed in this art teacher for being so close-minded about art. Yeah, that is that really is. I mean, I can understand some Well, I can understand an art teacher of, you know, if you were an art teacher in the 30s and 40s when comic books, whether say what you want, were strongly considered yeah. just for kids. Yes. They were marketed yeah. towards kids. You know what I mean? And if you want to have that viewpoint, but to have that viewpoint in over the last 30 years, mm-hmm. 30, 40 years, it's like inexcusable. It's myopic. Comics, it's, comics are a medium, first, for, like first and foremost, mm-hmm. not like a strict like format or guidelines that you have to yeah. follow. And it's liquid. First off, like, Comics is a step on, you know, pretty much every art beyond like, like, you know, like there's like movies and story and like animation, like Mm -hmm. storyboarding is a huge thing. That is part of most like, you know, films, films, television shows, films, television shows, all this art that is considered art. (laughs) But I wonder if she would consider it art television Mm -hmm. or, you know, movies. Are they an art? Are they an art? I wonder, I wonder if the same art, you know, art, uh, historian, <laughs> art history teacher, would feel that they were art. But go ahead. I mean, if she teaches art, 
I just understand how you can teach art. And what then... what art is she teaching? Right now we've got to call yeah. her her uh, bona fides, her bona fides. <laughs> in, into question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like exactly what is she teaching? Yeah. You know, maybe she's just teaching the art of Crayola. Yeah. Take that, art teacher. Yeah. Um, yeah, say. So yeah, um, th- that's frustrating for me to the, hear. And, and that's if, not if even... you don't want to believe that it is artwork. Look at I can give you two comic book artists who everybody agrees that their work is three is works of art. Brian Hitch. No. Damn it. Alex Ross. I figured Alex Ross. Because, I mean, because Alex Ross is 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 in museums. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Sienkiewicz, mm. who his work is is just. I mean, it's on par with anything that you will find find that by Jackson Pollock. I think he's better, like you beyond Jackson Pollock. Yeah, he's he's got a sort of a Stegman esque, um, uh, yeah, vibe. Yeah. And then if you look at the pages that J. H. Williams put Ooh, together, man, and you try and tell me that that is not art, yeah, then you, Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> you are blind. J.H. Williams, good call. I, he didn't even pop in my head, but yeah. He's so good. Um, oh so, my gosh. Right? Oh, you've never seen J.H. Williams? Williams. No. You're, and you're looking at his... This panel work is fucking amazing. You're looking at his Batwoman. Uh-huh. You need to see his Alan Moore Promethea? Promethea? Promethea. Oh, oh my no, god. I, I read Promethea also. I did the first volume. That's him. Yeah, that's him. Wow, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. His his panel work has really advanced uh, since then. With the, his Batwoman stuff, has been phenomenal. So much so, he's so good an artist actually that my problem with the Batwoman book was that I couldn't pay attention to the story because I was so you, enraptured taken by the in. art. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Comic book as a medium it has so much variation in it. Like it's mm-hmm. not all superhero stories. It's like we were just talking about uh, Joe Sacco. Yeah. Mentioned. Yeah. Tell He's us. A, a comic book journalist, and all of his stories are illustrated, but they're all his true stories of people that he's met. Like he's a um, safe area garajda, the story of like Armenian genocide. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember. I think it's Palestine. Just like the story of people that he met in Palestine, mm-hmm. and it's just a very powerful piece of like visual journalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just so much. So many ways to use the medium. That's just well. He, um, the writer Gerard, the writer of the email, he points out mouse, which yeah. you know, yeah. by using you know uh, animals to kind of like, like tell the story of you know the genocide of Jews back in World War Two. Persepolis, yeah, is is. I mean, that's that was dominated for like a Pulitzer, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Um, and then you have just some of the the some stories that you know touch on real life happenings. Like Batman did a story about I think it was um what was the story that they he did a few years ago about the landmines that were left in the countries and oh. people were like tr- stepping on these landmines. Yeah, yeah. It was like oh my, I think it was like it wasn't seduction of the innocent, but it was like something of the innocent. Um, sure. X-Men have done stories about uh, like touching on real life consequences. Nine, 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 11, the mm-hmm. comic book, um, all the comic book creators have come out and put special books out, man. Um, Ed, not Ed Brubaker, Greg Rucker does his, his, 
his uh, Queen and Country comic book series is basically real war, real world espionage. Mm-hmm. It's just done in a comic book. Mm-hmm. So it, I mean, Pride of Baghdad. Did we mention that on the show? Pride or was that of before Baghdad. we were recording. No, we did. It was before we were recording by Brian K. Vaughn. Yeah, yeah. yeah tell them about that. That that's a very cool story. Yeah. What I would say is, and I don't, I don't forgive me. I don't remember in the email if it was. Uh, how you know the how you know this art teacher? If this was a past experience, or if you still know them, but well, this, I would... this is not the art teacher. The the books saying that books aren't literature uh-huh. is his friend because the art teacher was a she. His friend about the books was a he. Well, to both of them, I would grab Habibi from Greg Thompson. Um, show show them Habibi, and then tell them to shut the fuck up. <laughs> so stuff like that. You already talked. You already talked about Watchmen, Mouse. Um, my favorite thing is Monsters right now. It's oh, all over okay. uh, NPR. Uh, I would show them that. It's just, it's <laughs> very frustrating. That it is. And it's not even, not even frustrating for me as someone who owns a comic book store and has been in the comic book realm for 30-odd years. But as an artist, right? it's, it's so myopic. What a view, viewpoint is so narrow. And even still, like, there's this... I don't want to keep like enforcing the perception that like, oh, you know, there's all of these comic books have to have like real like historical meaning and mm-hmm. like all this like importance. Like there's still a really good meat place for comics to have just small contained stories mm-hmm. that just, you know, they don't get a lot of funding. They don't get, like there's so much queer media right now in comic books. That yeah. there's just And it's, it's really like powerful representation for yeah. a lot of people. I just read a book that is, I've, I think I was telling JD uh, uh, last week, it's the third comic book in my life that made me cry. And it's a book called Bingo Love. Ah. I love Bingo Love. I cried. Oh my. I haven't like, read it yet. Oh my God. It's, Bingo Love is so good. Oh, it's so good. Like, I feel like comic books now are giving a lot of disenfranchised people a voice. Mm-hmm. Like there's Bingo Love. Uh, there's so many. Oh, I'm, I'm just drawing a blank because. Oh. Real quick, just to let people know, Bingo Love is about um, these friends who meet early in school. Like I think that like in elementary school. Two queer women of color in like the 1960s. Right, but they, they but they they're queer, but they don't necessarily know they're queer because they meet as kids. They meet as kids, but like no, they they know they're queer, but it's like they they grew up in this like very religious. 1960s in the South and then they like uh, get separated and they have their own separate lives together they have children they get married and then they meet again when they're like in their 60s and it's just this beautiful love story and it's Yeah, I sold I sold all my copies, so I haven't had a chance to read it yet. It is it is and there's a reason why it keeps going off your shelf, man, because it is a great book and and and, but it's exactly what you said kira it's not like earth-shattering literature in any way but it's a small intimate personal important Uh but very honest and true an authentic story that that feels right in that medium and it's perfect exactly and then, then then i'm connected on twitter with a lot of these like uh up and coming creators and stuff like that. And so I feel like Twitter is also kind of helping that to like, you know, awful shit aside, but, right, right, right. but like, 
I wouldn't have known about Bingo Love if I hadn't been able to like talk to these like small creators and like I see them in the previews now mm-hmm. and they're just with all, all these indie producers. It's it's just a very kind of equalizing medium. Yes. Mm-hmm. So also, uh, if you're looking for other books, I would also recommend maybe um, Fun Home by Alison Bechdel and uh, my my lesbian experience with loneliness. Yeah, my lesbian experience with loneliness. That's yeah. also another good one. Mm-hmm. It's that's like another extremely personal story mm-hmm. that is told through this. It's a it's a manga that they translated to English. Yeah, but it's very sweet. It's very sweet, very personal, very get inside their head. Mm-hmm. It, it's great. So, I think my final word on this is, um, and I've been trying to articulate it this entire time and I've failed miserably as I do. But artwork, when it comes to this historian, this this art teacher, I feel like she's probably teaching things like Michelangelo and all that sort of stuff, which is great. But on a broader scope, to me, art is anything created by people to express something to other people, with either you know, but without conversation, right? So, any there's a lot of things that could be art. Um, and it really is just in the eye of the beholder. It's if something is, someone has created a thing and mm-hmm. shared it with you and it has struck you on a personal level um, that hits you in the feels, why isn't that just, it's art. It's art. Don't, I wouldn't be so um, rigid with your definitions about things sometimes. Yeah. We have a bonus question because I think we kind of answered both questions there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we have a bonus questions Regarding ties, I believe. Yes. I was about to do some ironing, and one of my ties is really wrinkled. What are your thoughts about ironing ties? Is that a thing? Well, yes, it is a thing. It's absolutely I, a thing. I have definitely been called to iron a tie or two in my day. What I do is I take said tie, and I put it under a newspaper, and then I iron the newspaper oh. on top of it, and thus my tie is ironed. See, what I like to do is take some silly putty and then I'll flatten it out and then I'll put the newspaper on top of it and press it down real hard and then when you peel the newspaper off of the silly putty, some of the ink stays on the silly putty and it's like recreating the the newspaper on your silly putty and that's a lot of fun. But I have two very strong <laughs> feelings about tie ironing. Okay. One is you should absolutely iron your tie because they get wrinkled. What are you going to do? Just not iron your tie? Mm-hmm. My second viewpoint is I have never ironed a tie. Really? <laughs> I have a lot of wrinkled ties that I don't iron. <laughs> you don't. Well, you don't. But you, I should. I should. You should. I should. You know, not not called on to wear a tie very often, are you? You know what? I really have been a fan of the Billy Joe aesthetic, of uh, but I, I don't feel like I'm, I have the right build for it. Um, mm-hmm. So you got like the black button down shirt with the red tie. Mm-hmm. Or in some case, I like to go hot pink. I got a hot pink tie, uh, skinny tie from the '80s kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my whole jam, but I feel like I'm not skinny enough to pull that look off, so I don't do it. I don't know what about you thinks you're not skinny enough to pull. Will you tell him? You got to wear, like, okay, we got to, like, queer eye you. We got to do, like, you got to get, like, the skinny, uh, the skinny top, the, yeah, skin, the, yeah. the jacket that's nice and slimming. Yeah. The pants that fit right. That sounds great. Are you saying these, these giant pants don't fit right? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, salesman. Look at that. Uh, look at all that room in there for... So my, your my pants don't fit. How do my pants fit? Do my pants fit? 
How am I? Well, I saw fit? you running down the street after Lorraine Barrett Morrill. How am I? Pants uh, your pants were falling down. Oop. What'd you say? Your pants fit better than his, but see, oh, okay, he wasn't even. My pants fit better than yours, it's better. JD. It's better. It's better, right? See, better, it's better. I had them. Still... I had them. I wear them real loose. All right, here. Yeah, here, here, better here, but here, still baggy. Little, oh little, God, little we're having better. a fashion yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. All right, I'm going to need you to sashay down the runway, please. We have another email from Guess Who, JD? Um, the Home Dad Abroad. No, The Home Dad Abroad. We read his email last week. Pink Apocalypse. No, we have not heard from Peak Apocalypse Where's for quite Peak some Apocalypse? time. I don't know. I do not know. And I, I All right, worried. then that only leaves one option. That's Christopher Goodnight. Christopher Sansasi Goodnight wrote us, uh, Tim Drake should get the Batman mantle and beat Dick over the head with it. <laughs> okay, so I didn't read, I think it was Final Crisis, when Bruce Batman died. I was out of work and couldn't afford comics. I also couldn't afford the battle for the cow when everyone was clamoring to be the new Batman, but the fact that anyone other than Tim got the mantle is bullshit. Nightwing is his own character, and Dick created his own legacy by adopting the name of a Kryptonian superhero and moved past the idea of ever becoming Batman. Tim was as good a detective as Bruce having figured out Bruce Wayne's secret all on his own, and in one of the alternate futures, he solved the Wayne's murders. The only reason they gave it to Dick over Tim is he was too young at the time, especially if it was going to be a Batman and Robin. So not only did they rob Tim of the legacy he deserved, they also robbed him of the mantle of Robin that he earned and gave it to a punk-ass kid. And instead of letting him come up with his own new secret identity, they sat on him with Dick's Alterna Future Kingdom Come mantle, Red Robin. And then New 52 came around and they gave us some bullshit line about how Tim was never a Robin to begin with. And Quietly's art on Batman and Robin was gross. What? Chris St. Saucy, good night. Oh no, sir. I say thee nay. <laughs> fucking, what? That Frank Quitely's art was gross? There's some people, I, I will say this, and I, I'm a fan of Frank Quitely's art, but there are some people who do not like Frank Quitely's art. Those there's people a, are wrong. Well, I mean, if you like a certain aesthetic, it like, his face, he does, his face, especially his female faces, can rough. come off like grotesque. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, I can see that. And and some people see the sparseness of his of his uh visuals and mm-hmm. this the thinness of his lines. Uh-huh. And for some people that's is he really working hard? Oh my god. Oh I feel totally different. Oh my god. But I could see that argument. Oh my god. Now <laughs> no. I believe that that Dick Grayson was always destined to become the next Batman. If it, not him, then who? 100%. However, I do agree with him that they have jerked over Tim. No. I'm going to stop you right there, both of you. Because Tim never wanted to be Batman. His entire thing was, I'm going to do the Robin thing. This is I'm, I'm having fun. This is what I want to be doing right now. I have absolutely no intentions of ever, ever, ever becoming Batman. That has been his mantra since the beginning. And I'm fine with that. That's not what I'm talking about. 
They jerked him over because they took the Robin mantle from him and they gave him Red Robin. No, but don't you see that as a um, sort of a Nightwing situation? No, I don't because Red Robin is one corny. <laughs> okay, touche. Yes. Two, the costume is corny. Corny. Mm. And it's the Batman cowl without the ears. It's the Batman it cowl without the and they ears. Give him a more bird-like nose. It yeah. makes him look like a fucking. Idiot. And then they give him that bigger belt that oh, doesn't. I like that belt. I don't know. I like the I like logo. That. I like the Red Robin logo that's on the belt. I like anyway, the yeah. logo, but I don't. It, uh, He's I don't got like two bandoliers, belt. right? He's got the two bandoliers yeah, over his shoulder. It's not just, a great costume. It's not a great costume, and I and I also think that they have, in doing that, they haven't truly done anything with the character. Um, well, I mean, they undid it because there was a series called Red Robin. When, okay, when well, that's true. That that's mantle, right. That's he had right. his own book. Um, but ever since the New 52 happened, he has been given the shift for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and I, 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 so I think that they have, they jerked him over. I think they, uh, unfortunately, no, fortunately for him, the Batman universe is so popular that they couldn't just get rid of him Which a la they, yeah. Wally West, a la Donna Troy. Yeah. So they had to keep him. But unfortunately for him, they don't know what to do with him. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, although I will, I will take your costume issues for with Red Robin. I see them, but then I'll raise you Nightwing's original costume. Okay. With his giant disco touche. Yeah. But they changed it. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So he needs. He, and Red Robin's a corny name. Yeah, it's not good. It's, it's not, not good. good it's man. a. It's a. It's a burger joint. I understand if you didn't want to grow up to be. Batman, yeah. okay, and they took the Robin mantle from you, okay. Then find something else. Yeah, like no, Red, like Red Robins. You're not even you're not even thinking hard. Well, I'm just calling myself Red Robin. Yeah. So that begs the question, though, if they had done that, let's say they chose a different name for Tim and it wasn't Red Robin, and they gave him a dope ass costume, right? Would would he then just be Nightwing Light? Well, he's just another. Bruce Wayne Ward, who started off as a Robin, then moved on to become their own hero. Mm-hmm. But you already have that. His name is Nightwing. So why would you need that? You know well, I mean? it depends. See, but in there, it would depend on where they then take the character. What True. does that mean for the yeah. character? I mean, he doesn't necessarily have to be Nightwing light. Mm-hmm. You know, he could be his own thing. And 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 some would say he he could easily become his own thing if you equate Nightwing without all the angst mm-hmm. to being the daredevil of DC, yeah. then he could easily be somebody else. Oh, Nightwing is definitely... I've never even thought of that. Nightwing is the daredevil of DC. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, I have another question. Because I feel like Jason Todd... Originally, I said the very first T-shirt... And that's the other thing. Then they bring Jason back. Jason back. My very first T-shirt I ever designed said Jason Todd had it coming and it had a bloody crowbar. That was all the design was. <laughs> and that got me started on making t-shirts and stuff. But uh, he was kind of a dick. The kid mm-hmm. sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wasn't around very long, and then America voted to murder him. And so he died. And then they brought him back. But at least I thought they brought him back in an interesting way with the Red Hood stuff. He was sort of a villain. And he was like, Batman's way doesn't work. I'm going to murder all these dudes with an Uzi. You're mm-hmm. welcome, Gotham. Right. And I thought that was a very interesting take on sort of a um, uh, a Batman Robin, right? But then they kind of turned him into 
just another just another Robin. bat family guy. Yeah. Who, from what I understand, still carries around Uzis. Mm-hmm. Like I don't understand. But what, now his name is off. another character. He just can't. He's a GI Joe uh, <laughs> or a stormtrooper. Um, yeah, he. Um, and he's, he seems like another character they don't know what to do with. Yeah. Honestly, there's only three Robins of note. And I'm not counting Carrie because she's future. Oh, yeah. All right? So there's three Robins of note. There's Dick Grayson, Tim Drake, Damien. And Damien only because they've, they've made him so. And, they, and Damien gives them the truly young Robin that they want. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Jason, they murked him. He yeah. quiet as kept, should have stayed Merc. Yep. Interesting that they brought him back, but he should have stayed Merc. And if you brought him back and he brought him as the Red Hood, let the Red Hood be whatever he's going to be. Mm-hmm. And let him go and, and be that. And he doesn't have anything to do with Batman. Maybe yeah. once a year he comes up in Batman. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need to be in the Batman freaking family. Then, this, then, then he would just be, whereas Nightwing is uh, DC's Daredevil, Jason Todd could be DC's uh, Punisher. He could be the Punisher... Uh, yeah, that would be a good one. That would be he'd be good as as our our like punishment. He's just straight up. Had they kept him the way he was, I agree. Yeah, just let him have his Uzis. Let him murder bad guys, and occasionally have to go up against Batman and be like, "Nah, the way you do it is wrong. I'm going to keep murdering people." Yeah, yeah. Don't ever fold him back into the Bat family. Yeah. Or what they need to—I mean, they have to have what they need to do. Boom! Here you go. They need to stop being chauvinistic in their comics because. They're keeping all of these. Chauvinistic? I said chauvinistic. Did I you say said macho- it's chauvinistic. I chauvinistic. Yes. You're, talking, I you're say, saying I the sure chauvinistic. Say macho- I did. No, I was saying misogynistic. That's what I'm. The, yeah. They need to be stop being fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because at the end of the day, they just don't want to get rid of all of the guys. Yeah. But think of how many of the bat girls mm-hmm. have been disposable. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Well, but they all come back though, don't they? So yeah, but they all come back, and they're quick to find some other identity for mm. them, or they kind of slip off, and you don't really care because we're not having this deep conversation. And there's been about four or five Batgirls. Yeah, two. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Yeah. But and 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 when you say Batgirl, the first one you think of Babs is Babs. Yeah, and that's who who they. It all comes back to Babs. Yeah, you know what I mean. On who, unfortunately, when she did move on to something else, which was greater, an oracle, they re- rewrote her yeah. and gave her back her old place. Yeah, You know what I mean? So they need to just get off the pot and say that it's going to be Nightwing, because he's off doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Tim, Dr- Tim Drake and Jason Todd, they need to make a decision, mm-hmm. and somebody's going to have to ca- take a dirt nap again. Mm-hmm. It should be Jason. Um, and keep... Keep Damien and and do something of note with Tim. Yeah, it, they that's what they need to do. So thank you so much, Christopher. Good night. I don't know. Did we address anything he said? Oh, he had a couple of other points real quick at the end because we were talking about uh, spirituality and religion and comic books. Oh, he said Dead at Seventeen was an interesting pseudo religious book. It had Heard its own biblical based mythos, sort of like Buffy. The Sixth Gun and Outcast had some religious overtones as well. And Peter David strayed in and out of religion in his X Factor series. Madrox and Sinclair were both deeply religious. Hmm. Also, did we mention Spawn? We did not mention yeah. Spawn, I don't believe. Uh, no, he's an um, instrument of, of uh, Malbolgia, who's a demon. 
And yes. it's, it's a war in the war between heaven and hell. Yes. But that's not religion. That's no. mythology, right? Right. Yeah. It's um, Todd McFarlane. It's Todd McFarlane doing his stuff. Well, you saw Ready Player One. I did see Ready Player One. I also read the book twice. Yes. And Kira, you read the book. I did read the book. Actually, I listened to the audiobook as read by Will Wheaton. Yes. Did he do voices? Uh, mm. Not really. Nah, he just Will Wheatoned. He just Will Wheatoned it, yeah. yeah. Was that a good thing? I mean... Doesn't sound like it. Well, the thing is, all right, here we go. I <laughs> I did not enjoy the book. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the content very much. Really? Will Will Wheaton didn't really save it or hurt it. I don't yeah. think. Why did you say you didn't like the content? What What, what did you like the book, about the book? Real quick. Okay, uh, a few things. Take a deep breath. Uh, the first is that basically everything in the future. Their view of the future is very backwards thinking mm. like i get it we're, right now we're going in a time where you know we're in a time where everything's going backwards but <laughs> i don't think we're gonna ever go that far <laughs> like okay. back to a time where everyone is you know like calling each other fag and like just using like a lot of homophobic and have you of... played a video game on xbox live ever? i have <laughs> i have i'm just saying uh-huh that's the way people. They, you know, it's a lot of a lot of shit talking. A lot of. Uh, oh, I know. It's a lot of shit talking. Inappropriate. I, like I, I play video games. Yeah. I play Overwatch. <laughs> yeah. I've, so you I've play it. Yeah, I've played. I've played like you know mobas and all all the kinds. Of, I've I've seen all kinds of like shitty communities, mm-hmm. and still like using like homophobic language to me to like just portray like oh see it's accurate like mm-hmm. I'm just like. Oh, that's a whole different conversation. That's a whole different conversation that I think... That I would like to have at some point. Yeah, just because something is accurate doesn't mean that, like, it has to be, like, a part of the future. Sure. Do you know, like... Sure. uh, That's that's just one thing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The other was just the writing uh, style. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that, like, just the story structure and all. um, In the book, it's just, like... Oh, by the way, I did like I did all this research on this random thing in the eighties and uh-huh. here it is right in front of us. Yeah. Like it it's, it's lazy. It's, it's lazy writing. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um the way it feels to me is if I had to give it an equivalent of something that I don't like but is similar, I feel like maybe the um who's the shiny vampire people books? Twilight. Twilight. It feels like a Twilight book. I could say it's that. Yeah, lazy. yeah. Um, whereas, whereas Twilight was lazy and I hated it, this was lazy and I loved it because mm. it was written directly to me. They may, they may as well said on the inside cover, JD here. Um, <laughs> enjoy this. Uh, so, and I understand a lot of the problems that people have with the novel. Oh yeah. Uh, it is just references to the eighties. Um, it's it's like. It's like a lot of things, uh, pro- the problems that people have with Big Bang Theory. Like, oh, <laughs> all right, now you're talking my language. I fucking hate that show. Go on. Right. So, like, 
what what's that one popular clip where they're like play, I, playing like they're like playing like ping pong i was trying right. to find it yeah yeah all right here we are playing like game of thrones style like justice league elimination yeah. like uh plus doctor who yeah and then everyone then laugh track like what where's the joke there's no joke it's just references <laughs> i was literally trying to find that clip yeah uh, and i was like i couldn't find it. i was like angry uh, uh I, yeah i couldn't find it anyway but that yeah. is a perfect example and i get that yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's exactly 100 percent this book it is <laughs> just, oh, here's this thing you love. And in order to save the day, oh, my God, you have to recite this thing that you love. The end. Also, you get the girl at the end. Which also another problem that just like, oh, the girl has such self-confidence issues because oh she God. has a port wine stain on her face. She's got a tiny little mark on, on her face. Is that what they did in the movie? Yeah. It's like this it's, little. It's, have you seen? It's like a, it's like a Prince Zuko star, star like thing. Like a sexy. Yeah. It's like yeah. A, like it's, it's it's the equivalent of um, what was that movie uh, where the woman takes out her ponytail and then takes her glasses off and all of a sudden she's hot. Yeah, and that's every every eighties yeah every 80s romantic, movie. romantic comedy. Yeah, yeah, and that's that was annoying. It. Yeah, uh, uh, I thought in, in my head as I was reading the book, I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess maybe. I'm picturing something different. And then they did it in the movie, and I was like, oh, it's even less than I thought it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, think Domino yes. from from the new Deadpool movie. She's yeah. got that like one cool, like the, badass the looking vitiligo fucking... Vitiligo kind of thing. Yeah, discoloration, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, that being said, I love it. Uh, I enjoyed it. I don't, maybe, maybe love's a, a too strong a term. I really enjoyed it. I recommended it for the book club over at Spiral Bookcase in Maniunk. We do a book club there, too. And I was like, oh, let's read this. And most people enjoyed it. Because it's just a fun romp with mm. you don't really have to think too hard right um and then i saw the film and it's more of that it's the exact same thing mm. uh and i understand why everyone hates it which brings us to well, guilty pleasures yeah um len yes say some words into the microphone about guilty pleasures oh so, uh, so I, I don't have to talk about ready player one right oh do you want to did you already do a, a spoiled triples for it uh, we did do one, but I, I wasn't on it. Okay. Um, well, I feel like you might have some opinions. Oh, I hate the movie. It was boring. Tell me. Oh, it was, oh, it was boring. It was very boring. It was very boring. The story that, like made made me mad. It was um, because like the world building, the world building in the movie is horrible. Like you have no real true sense. Like it opens up with the stacks, so you see these, you know, trailers stacked on top of each other, and that's kind of like cool. But mm-hmm. you don't really get a sense of exactly what happened to the world. That oh my god, people are living in stacked trailers, mm-hmm. especially because when you see another part of the world, it looks like Brooklyn. So I'm like, it, it looks p- perfectly fine. And then everybody is supposed to be living in this uh, virtual. Um, world and it's supposed to be literally everybody in the world almost living in this virtual world mm-hmm. yet and so you're finding people in there and you're becoming best friends with them only to find out that these best friends they just live like across the street from you <laughs> I'm like that makes absolutely no sense right, right. you know what I mean in the book um, they do live further away from each other I would think but yeah. in a the movie they don't and it's and it, also, it, it annoying the two, me. the two Japanese kids live in Japan Okay, but they showed up in the movie real quick, yeah, cool, like yeah. like like this, yeah. Yeah, um, and like the references in there, which they are in there, they just like you said, they're just references for reference sake. Yeah. They don't offer any type of speak to anything, offer anything to the movie mm-hmm. 
you know, outside of just being an Easter egg. Yeah. They might all they might as well all just be wallpaper. And then when some of the references are used, such as the Iron Giant, it's really kind of disheartening because they're used and not in the way that they were intended. The whole thing about the Iron Giant is that I am not a gun. Yeah. So what did they do in this movie? He's a fucking gun. Mm. Just to... <laughs> exactly. So I'm mean, like, yo, just, like the movie like just made me really, really upset. And then along with that, I thought it was way too long. Oh, really? And I thought it felt like kind of short. Boring. Hmm. So no, I didn't like that movie. You know what? The, the way I'm gonna the way I'm gonna describe it, maybe, and it's. <sighs> So it reminds me of Scott Pilgrim. The way I'm going to think about Ready Player One is the way uh, Scott Pilgrim was described by Edgar Wright, the director, where it's kind of like a musical, that movie. He wanted to make a musical, except for when emotions swell and the music's about to start, it's a fight. Right. And so this, right, instead of an action movie where all you do is punch things, a diehard movie, you Mm -hmm. shoot the guys, you write ho, ho, ho on a sweater. Instead of doing that, you have to do this nerd stuff. So yeah. it's, it's the same thing as an action movie, but instead of we're going to take the punching, which is just as fucking useless, and we're going to replace it with like, oh, isn't it cute? This is a reference instead. Yeah, but then but the nerd stuff that is predicated on, you know, one guy having like this, uh, you know, almost stalkerish, you know, obsession, encyclopedia knowledge of this one guy's life. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that is not that real it's not even that realistic it's not realistic it is as realistic as in all of the world there's only one john McClane who could crawl through the air ducts and punch uh terrorists no but in all the world there's not just only one john john McClane. it's just like for that moment john McClane was there and mm-hmm. he could do it god bless him but no it doesn't say that there's there's only one john McClane. no so yeah i mean i i get it i understand that there are problems with it, but there are certain things that, despite the problems, I still go, you know what? I had a good time. Everyone else can hate it, but for me, I don't feel like I wasted my money. I don't feel like I wasted my two hours watching the movie or whatever. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's the most memorable thing Steven Spielberg's ever done. <laughs> uh, I don't know how many times I'll revisit it, but I'm, I'm not mad at it. Did you see, like, of all those, the, the quick flashes of references? Because yeah. the references are real quick. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and this is what I was also thinking. Um, in a way, it reminded me of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which is all about all these cartoon characters appearing in the in this movie all together at for the first time, mm-hmm. and and a lot of times the characters don't have anything really to do with the plot. They're kind of like just background, but at least you get a moment to appreciate them all being there. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe doing their own thing. You know, and some of them have a little bit more more of a moment because they're you know. A little bit more, you know. You got the famously when um, the guy is falling out of the, falls out of the building, he falls in between Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny, mm-hmm. and famously they time it so they both have equal time on screen, so nobody nobody tops the other. Oh, funny! Yeah, I didn't know that. So, but with this movie, Ready Player One, the people. The, there's so many references in there. Like I said, they're basically wallpaper. But was there any reference that, like, when you saw it, made you audibly say, <gasps> Chucky? Did you know? So you actually did see Chucky? Because I, I only saw Chucky, like, when I go to the YouTube. Oh, I, like, yeah, I did, he had a whole thing. 
I he actually said, fuck, it's Chucky or something. Oh, that's right. He did. He literally <laughs> calls him by name. Okay. There was he a says, part. Oh, fuck. There it's w- Chucky. There was a part where I fell asleep. So, oh, well then, okay. <laughs> but no, but I did see that. I did yeah. see that. Okay. So, I geeked out at a lot of the horror references because um, I was expecting all of the. Uh, the video games, video stuff. games, and, and movie references like that, but I was not expecting any horror references. So mm-hmm. there's, you know, at some point someone is shooting it. You even saw this in the trailer. He's shooting a bunch of people at the same time. People who are like fighting, you know, uh, yeah. flying at him, and one of them happens to be Freddy Krueger. Right. Uh, there was a whole sequence involving The Shining. Yes, that was great. That was awesome. That, I admit, I admit that was kind of cool. That I was, was like very cool. clapping and looking like a freaking idiot. I admit uh, that that was smile. cool. Uh, and then the Chucky thing. So yeah, I, I was surprised and delighted by the by the um, the horror references. And one final thing about this: say what you want about the story structure or whatever, but is it? A, it's just a love letter to pop culture. Yeah, but it it it, it did kind of to me. You know how your famous phrase of you know looking around your boner. Oh yeah! <laughs> to me, this yeah. this kind of like stared straight down the vein of the vo- of the I boner. See. I got you. You know. Yeah. But I will say there was one one reference that I've not heard anybody mention. It, so now it makes me like, did I really see this? Because uh-huh. I'm not revisiting a movie to make sure. Yeah. But Spawn is in there. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yo, you saw him. Yeah. No, it was a very quick thing. It right. was actually in the. It seemed like uh, a bunch of people were storming. Exactly. Running, right. And Spawn was right smack in the middle for just whoop. Yeah. Just and, like that. And, he was going, but, and I was like, oh, there he goes. And for that one second, that was the best Spawn. Yeah. Spawn movie. <laughs> that was the best Spawn movie we've ever seen. Exactly. Yeah. That poor film. <laughs> God damn. All right. So man. Speaking is- of that film, there are a lot of people who cape up for that film as a guilty pleasure. Oh. And there are actually some as many times as people talk about like the superhero movies that, you know, aren't great and everything like mm-hmm. that. There are some that people, you know, they rally behind, aren't there, J D. Yes. Oh. What? <laughs> I know, I'm gonna, but everyone was giving me faces. I was um, just... <laughs> you were just setting me up. So, uh, yeah, for me, uh, Spawn's not one of mine. <laughs> even, as it, even, even when it came out, I went, oh. Oh, oh no. Oh. Especially with the Malbolgia that has that giant f- mouth that doesn't mm-hmm. move. Yeah. And they never explain why his mouth isn't moving. Um, yeah. But Daredevil... Daredevil was my dream. Now, which, so, uh, which Daredevil? Daredevil. Because we have to say that now. Batfleck. <laughs> uh, yeah. I know 100% that I should not like that movie. There's a lot about that movie that I should not like. Mm. Same thing with Ready Player One. There are many things I shouldn't like. But, oh my God, did I love that movie so much. I went and saw it like six times in the theater. But let me explain why. This will make sense. <laughs> okay. So not only was uh, the movie bad enough that I enjoyed it. It was so bad it was good. But... At the same time, it also had brought out uh, into the mainstream Evanescence, which is a band that I don't think anyone even listens to anymore. I still like them. But they had two big songs on the radio at the exact same time and because of the Daredevil soundtrack that they were on. That was Mm -hmm. their big break. They got a lot of radio play because of it. And my wife and I at the time, Renee, would be driving around in Lansdale and the song would come on. And we'd be jamming out to the Evanescence song. And then we would be passing a movie theater at the same time. And we'd go, <laughs> should, should we just go watch Daredevil again? And then we did. We would just make a right directly into the movie theater. 
and watch the movie again. We did wow. that. We did that like six times. So, so it's a guilty pleasure of yours, but I think it's because it it's a memory trigger for you. Yeah, it was good memories, good memories. But yeah. at the time, we, I saw it six times, and it is a lot. Yeah. When's the last time you've seen it? Oh, you know when the director's cut came out on DVD. There was a director's cut starring uh, deleted scenes from Coolio. <laughs> I'm not joking. That happened. Um, that was probably the last time I watched the movie. Okay. It's hard. It's not one I would revisit much anymore. Gotcha. Yeah, but I did love it. I really liked it. And at the time, I was even like, people were like, oh, you saw Daredevil? Did you like it? And I was like, and I said, oh, is it a good movie? And I went, well, I, I mean, I keep watching it, but no, it's not a good movie. It's not a good movie. Yeah, but... I can't recommend it to literally anybody. Right. I, I love it. Right, I hear yeah. you. What about you, Kara? You got a guilty pleasure? Well, I did finish the first season of Riverdale last oh. night, uh, on, on Netflix, and it's oh, it just hits all the right spots for me. Like mm-hmm. lately, like that and Jane the Virgin, they kind of like hit the right beats. Like mm-hmm. Jane, Jane the Virgin is good. Though. Jane the Virgin is very good, but it is unapologetically like a telenovela. Yes. It is very like so. That's kind of like a little guilty pleasure, but mm-hmm. it's got good writing. But Riverdale, hundred percent unabashedly, is just teen drama bullshit. Yeah, like the first episode, they make a point of like, "Oh wow, Archie, you're so buff for a fifteen-year-old." Like, yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah. like they're all like clearly in their mid twenties, the yeah, late twenties, yeah. like playing yeah. these these teenagers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh my god! That's it's, most uh, mm, tele uh, high school dramas, right? Uh, yes, yeah. But it's just they lean just real hard into yeah. it, and it's just like I, I'll, I'll I'm into it. Yeah, awesome. I've only seen a couple of episodes of that show. Uh, I, was it with you in my store? Did we sit here and watch it? I don't know if we. I feel like we watched like one episode together. We just like. Oh sat here yeah, and watched no, we watched. Riverdale. We watched. We watched. It was yeah. like some like it's a couple episodes into the season. I think yeah. I walked in and you were watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's cute. It's uh, it's terrible. Oh, it's it's, fu- yeah. it's just awful. Uh-huh. But I I don't dislike watching it. You know. You know, it's I could say the same thing for a couple shows I watch on the CW. Mm-hmm. I Zombie. I love I Zombie. I I've only seen oh, the first God. episode, and it seemed cute. It's it's adorable. Yeah. Uh, the comic it's based on, not great. Not great. Not no, great. Not Very great. boring. Very boring. But oh man, it's it's, a, it's, it. a, it's a procedural murder drama with like real quirkiness. It's with a hot zombie girl. Hot zombie girl. Yeah, she's a super cute dog oh, girl. She's so cute. That that gives it a lot of that gives it a lot for me. It really does. Leonard. <laughs> oh, I'm Leonard now. Yeah. Um, I I keep coming back to two as I'm thinking in my head. Um. One is uh, Star Trek Enterprise, that series, and uh, which was basically like a prequel to like the the Star Wars. I mean, not Star Wars, Star Trek. That's the one with like, Scott Bakula. Yeah, the one with yeah. Scott Bakula. Never saw and, it. And it wasn't. It wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Everybody will tell you it wasn't good, and it really wasn't good. It didn't. It wasn't as bad as everybody makes it out to be. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't good. But I will be. I, when I think about it. I watched it for two reasons. I like Scott Bakula. Mm-hmm. I just really enjoy him. And man, Jolene Blaylock in that show. I know that name. Was one of the hottest things on earth. Who's Jolene Blaylock? Well, she played a Vulcan on that show. No, who was she before that, though? 
Because I know that name. I think she was a model. She's uh, been on a couple of things, a couple of shows. Um, not much. She didn't do much afterwards. But man, on there, my God, she was gorgeous. I could not get enough of her on Star Trek Enterprise. Ooh. Yes, Lord. That was a sexy Vulcan. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh. Are you pulling up a picture of Star her? Trip, Starship Troopers. No, Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah, and Starship Troopers. Uh, oh, was she in Star Trek Troopers? Yeah. I say I never, I never saw she that. She was in Sex Tape. Oh, maybe I need to see that, though. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> interesting. No, I've never, as a guy who's never been a Star Trek guy, I've never watched it. It's it's fine. It's fine. But so that was definitely a guilty pleasure of mine. And then the only other guilty pleasure that I, I that I can really think of is the original, and this, go, this, it, this dates me, but the original, going back to the 60s, Alvin and the Chipmunks cartoon. Whoa, okay. Wow, it, I did not see that coming. Because it's not good. Right. It's not even really all that funny. But man, I just love it. Yeah. I can't get enough of it, man. Wow. And I think it's because, I think it's a trigger for me. Yeah. Because Alvin and the Chipmunks, back in the, I guess now it must be early 70s, late 60s, early 70s, they did an. I mean, they had albums that they put oh, out. I remember, yeah, but they famously did an album where they sang Beatles songs. Wow! And they were my introduction to Beatles songs. Oh! And I and I loved it. I loved it. Like, I want to hold your hand. And it was Alvin and Chipmunks singing yeah. Beatles. And I was like, yo. And then I got their Christmas song. And then I found out they had a cartoon. And I was like, oh my God, this cartoon is so cool. Yeah, and it was I like, the and it was kind of like, you know, it was a cartoon, but it was kind of like done sitcom, like, like, yeah, like yeah, a situation yeah. comedy type of joint. So I was really into it, man. And it, it, it's just a trigger for me. It's a bad show. <laughs> I know it. But I, I like it. I like some of the stuff from when I was a kid, and I know that bad. I know that there was a Hercules cartoon back there, and it was boy, that was really bad. Hercules, and he and he had a ring that gave him his powers, and it was real. It was jaded. Hercules, like the like the, the Bible. Yes, oh. but he was real. It was really bad, JD. Okay. It was real. It was really really bad. It was like the it. same three poses, and they would move them like behind this, like like this this shrubbery that was in front <laughs> and they would move it by and then he slipped on his ring and that gave him his powers and it was horrible but I liked it That's and fine. I like Milton the monster I'm Milton your brand new son I like those cartoons from when I was a kid and they weren't good but they're guilty pleasures of mine so when they still come on I watch them on Boomerang <laughs> on Boomerang <laughs> um, I liked uh, there was some Alvin and Chipmunks in the 80s, I believe. Yo, I, those I suck. No. I watched those when I was a kid, and I loved them. They were, I think they were like movies, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, films? yeah, yeah. They suck. I was all about them. Yeah, Olivia liked them. Fuck oh. them. No. Oh. Cool, they should have my childhood. Um, <laughs> I did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I totally did. I, I apologize. You, you, an you were. Tip and you, you were. Just like, no. I, I apologize. Cool. Cool. I apologize. I'm um, sorry, JD. <laughs> I, that was totally wrong. I was totally wrong. Bad Len. You I apologize. Um... Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think if I have any other ones of note. Or what? So Riverdale's a, a, a recent one. Mm-hmm. Alvin the Chipmunks is going the way back machine, and then mine was back uh, like maybe 10, 15 years ago. I'll give you, I'll give you a musical uh, um, guilty pleasure, and may, some people may not consider this a guilty pleasure, 
but I kind of do because I can see how model is how how I liked Genesis and Phil Collins, and I like Gen I like Genesis better with Phil Collins than with Peter Gabriel. I mean, that's definitely dating myself, but I never when I was growing up, it was Phil Collins was was with Genesis. I was flabbergasted to find that Peter Gabriel because I also liked Peter Gabriel. Mm. Salisbury Hill, that was a great song. Um, but I did. I was flabbergasted to find out that Peter Gabriel was the original singer for Genesis, and I have still never heard any of their songs. Right. Um, gosh, musical. I, part of me wants to say DJ Jazzy Jeff from the Fresh Prince, but I'm not guilty about it. You don't have to be guilty about it. that's fun. Yeah, I love me some fun. DJ Jazzy Jeff. You know, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a guilty pleasure. It and and musically is that. You know, being progressive as I try to be, there is some, you know, NWA that I will just still bang out. Oh, yeah, you know you what I mean? And I know it's like, yo, I shouldn't be listening to this. Mm -hmm. this. This is just totally wrong. You know what I mean? But I don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. You know, fuck the police. I, the same way, I feel the same way a little bit. Yeah, Ice Cube. Right, man. That Predator album. Ooh, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know what? A current one. Uh, the blonde white feminist girl. Taylor Swift. Yeah. That 1989 album? Yeah. Man, that's a good album. It's a pretty good album. That's a damn good pop album. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, she's a little bit of a... But, you know, I'll be honest. You know, because a lot of times I've had a mohawk, and I dress kind of punky still, even though I'm, I'm 40. But, like, if I'm there and I've got my car and I've got my mohawk and I'm listening to loud music, I'll be a little embarrassed. I won't crank uh, <laughs> Taylor Swift, you know, out of my windows. But uh, some of them are pretty good. <laughs> I'm not the right person to talk about Taylor Swift. She just left. <laughs> the, oh, Amy? The, the right person to talk about yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Amy loves Taylor She's got like the Taylor Swift hat. What's wrong with she it? She loves Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. She knows her. And to me, Taylor Swift stays in her lane. So I ain't yeah. got no problem with her. Um, all right. You know what you guys out there should do? You should email us at blacktribbles at gmail.com. Or coldpopgo at gmail.com. And let us know what your guilty pleasures are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't be guilty. And then you can tweet at me at JD's Hero Complex on Twitter. Or you can tweet at the Bat Tribble on Twitter. All right. I guess, are we done? Is that it? I believe, how can they reach Kira? They may want to reach Kira. Kira? I'm also on Twitter, but I think I'll just keep my handle to myself. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh all right. <laughs> she said, fuck y'all. Uh, yeah. I ain't guilty about saying fuck you, mother. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, don't at me. Um, all right. Thank you so much for joining us here at 4456 Main Street, Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. I have been Johnny Destruct Destructo, a.k.a. Thwip Tribble. Yo, and this is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. Are you a tribble? I am not a tribble yet. What are you saying? <laughs> she said it. Well, it's time for you to join the Tribble Nation. That means you have to adorn yourself with a Tribble designation oh, no. that indicates where your geek lies. All right. You know what? Tribble will be in the description of the podcast. Is that your Tribble name? I don't understand. You can't, you can't be a Tribble. Uh, no. I am description of the podcast, Tribble. No. You um. <laughs> Give me like five minutes to come up with it. Five minutes? God damn.
Damn, how long do you think the show is? <laughs> Yo, this, this come on, this ain't cereal. Listen, you can um, <laughs> nice. But you can you can get real funky with it. Like, Trouble your whip trivel. Yeah, but well, people get funky with it. Yeah. And all of the yeah. Spider-Man ones were taken, so I finally I finally narrowed it down to Thwip Trouble. Which is actually a better one is, than most I'm, of them. I feel really good about it. You know, but people get funky with it. We have somebody that calls a uh, little triple on my chin. We have no triple at all. We have a triple called Quest. I like triple called Quest. That's a good one. Yeah, that's Apparently, a cool one. Apparently, there's a shop called Quest, which I am ashamed that I didn't think of. That's a great shop oh, that name. Is, that is a cool. shop called Quest. That is dope. Um, also, there's a triple formerly known as Yoda triple. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so people get funky with it. We got a, a big triple in Little China. Oh, God damn it. That's good. Okay. Every every name you're listing right now just makes me like more pressure to come up with a better name. <laughs> with a good name. It's, but I'm just saying, like, so you don't have to say, like, oh, I like Ghostbusters, so I'm Ghost Triple. You can get funky with it. You can have fun with it. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we got a triple set. <laughs> also, we can just edit this out, so don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah don't worry. Yeah, we'll edit it down. Ben doesn't do a lot of editing, but hopefully he'll. <laughs> this, this, this one, this one I, I have to listen to. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> It's all good. <laughs> that won't be. As Lynn's wearing his MAGA hat right now. Oh! <laughs> no, I'm not. Does anybody make him make, <laughs> make triple great again? Oh, no. Please, no. Oh, I, I, we do have a triple that's a, uh, that's a Trump voter. How? Never, I actually did, a, I did one show just with her. It was like, how did you vote for Trump? Oh. Black woman. Voted for Trump. When was this? Was it around the election? Like, yeah, it was like right after the election, like about six months after the election. I've been thinking about it, but I have, un unbeknownst to her, unfriended her. Oh. I can't. I can't be friends with a Trump voter. Yeah. I just can't. I cannot because I don't understand it. And I didn't understand in that interview. I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. She was like, you know, I found that I could trust him more than Hillary. I said, Are you serious? Wow. Are you serious? Literally nothing that comes out of his mouth is a, is a fact. But even this was this was before he was elected. Yeah. And, and she was like, yeah, I, I said, everything that she has said has proven to be truthful, but you just choose not to believe her. Yeah. And everything he has said has proven to be a lie, but you're choosing to believe the other people. Yeah. She's like, yeah, well, I was like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. Triple jam? Triple jam. Gem? Gem? Gem or gem triple? G E M. Triple jam, crystal gem, triple. Oh, gem. I was thinking gem and the holograms. No, yeah. Duh. Triple. Oh, triple gem. Triple gem. That's cute. I like that. Triple hyphen gem. Cute. I like it. Like spider hyphen. Yeah, yeah. You gotta. Yeah. Not triple gem. All right. Not triple gem. I like that. Triple gem. Triple gem. That's nice. But it's not official. No, not until you take the triple oath of allegiance. Right, so I need you, Kira, to repeat after me. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. I'm a triple true. From the way that I roll. From the way that I roll. To the way that I coo. To the way that I coo. And I so, coo, but I will yes try. You can. Yes, you can. Go coo. 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 <laughs> Cool. Listen to you, you sexy beast, you. Uh, sexy Triple Gem. Welcome to the Triple Nation. Hey. Nice, 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 nice. And oh, we had one more thing before we jet. One so, more thing. Um, a wonderful uh, friend and customer stopped in tonight while uh, Len was here. 
And we had a lovely conversation, as we always do. Her name is Lorraine. Yes, she and is. And she came, he, she bought her black, Ta-Nehisi Coates Black Panther issue. She, that's, that's her one subscription. And she picks it up. Nice. And, uh, and I introduced her to everyone in the shop. And then she went about her business and was walking down the street. And then Len had something nice to say about her as she left. She's like, oh, she's very sweet. And I said um, she was gorgeous. Uh, yes. I'll put it out there. Okay. Well, you said she could get it. <laughs> if you're really okay, wa- I wasn't ready to put that out there. <laughs> so, okay. So, um, <laughs> I was trying to, but all right, fuck it. So, um, yeah, so he, he said pleasant things about it. And then um, I say, oh, yeah, she used to do like on air stuff, like for the, for the news. And you said, on the radio? I said, yeah. And her name's Lorraine? I said, yeah. Lorraine Ballard Marl? That's exactly what her name is. <laughs> And he got so tickled. It was so cute. And uh, he quick, he ran out, he ran outside and he saw her walking down, uh, walking down the street. And he goes, I kind of want to run after her. And I go, yeah, man, go do it. He goes, I don't know, I'm embarrassed. I was like, no, go do it. So he ran after her. I ran after her and. Told her what? I caught up to her and I told her, uh, I said, Lorraine, I said, um, she's a little thing. It was so cute. Um, I said, you know, uh, I've been a huge fan of you, yours, for like forever. Uh, I've only worshipped like uh, three women in in radio, Stephanie Renee, Tiffany Bacon, and you, Lorraine Ballard Morrow. You have woken me up for for years upon end with the news. Um, I said, uh, you're my friend on Facebook. And she said, what's your name? I said, I said, Len Webb is Len Cruz Webb. I I do a podcast. Uh, Black Tribbles. And she's like, oh, yes, yes, yes. He's always been in the back of my head because I want to reach out to y'all. I want to do it. I want to interview you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we we have to connect. We have to connect. I was like, oh, th- that would be wonderful. You don't have to say that. She's like, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. No, I feel we need to hug. And then she gave me a hug. Aww. I was like, oh, my God, my day has been made. Yep. My day has been made. It was so cute watching this experience happen. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, I loved it. So uh, thank you so much for Lorraine for uh, thank you Lorraine's day. He came in and he was all a flutter. I was. Yeah, it was real cute. So um, anyway, <laughs> I guess that's it. Thank you so much yet again for joining us, and yes. we will talk at you later. Ta-da!